So we have a new guest. Um, they've never been on the podcast before. <laughs> Can we all please welcome um, Norrell <laughs> Shirey? Thanks for joining us, Norrell. That's not how you pronounce my name, darling. <laughs> oh, apologies, 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 apologies. Norrell Shiro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> Got it in one. Got it in two. It's even worse. Oh. As someone well, asked me what I've been doing since last time I was here. What have yes, you been uh, doing? How, when tell were us you about here? your many adventures. What a silly question to ask me what I've been doing. I've been traveling the world, of course. <laughs> Where During are you this been? pandemic? In the middle of the <laughs> I've been performing. I go from stage to stage and I never stop in between. Wow, you're so busy. Wow. I was going to be on the silver screen, see? Oh, wow. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to grace us with your presence on our... That's right. I'm a star it's a shame. now. It's a shame we decided to meet in person this time since Gnarl's been traveling the country. Yeah. And I mean, right after we like all licked each other's hands, too. I know. <laughs> really wish you told us about your your uh, what you've been doing before we, we did the intimate... Yeah, tongue kisses in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. When we, Those when we, when we did languid our, tongue kisses. Our traditional well, greeting one, of open mouth cure. kiss word. <laughs> Every disease and that cure is star power. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't argue with that science. Truly, that. truly, you can't. You just can't. Uh, no, I just oh. been in my house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just been in my house. all in our houses because. Yeah. Just been in my no, house, we though. would not. My house. We would not meet. In a in a room together. I would not meet I you ever. in a room. I would not meet you on a broom. I would not meet you <laughs> with a room, and I would not meet you with a in loom. the saloon. Yep. Oh. I would not meet you. <laughs> cram I spam. Ooh. Cram I spam. Cram I spam is my that is my cram, Hollywood name. Cram <laughs> spam I cram into my mouth, boys. Are you really cramming spam into your mouth? I actually did earlier, yeah, because oh. I had spam. I had spam masubi. Oh hell yeah! Oh. I want to make like, that. Spam is good if you cook. Hannah it. knows what's spam up. Spam masubi, yeah. man. Y'all know. Okay, so here's the thing: is when I was a child, um, my family dragged me to the spam museum, and I was forced to hell eat yeah. many different varieties of spam. Um, and to I, people who no. don't live in Minnesota, we do have a spam museum. <laughs> we do have a yeah, spam. We do have yeah, a spam we do. Because spam was, is from here. I was dragged against my will. I sampled many varieties of spam. They were not cooked. They okay. were horrible. Technically, it's all pre-cooked. That yeah, that's why they, I was able to sample it. it <laughs> yeah, was... they didn't force a small child to eat raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got really sick from it, and I will never eat spam now. Oh, that's that's, oh, that's fair. You have spam trauma. One time, one time in youth group, they um, oh no had. <laughs> yeah, you always know when I say one time. Yeah, I know that things are about to get story. incredibly dark. <laughs> um, so they had this game. I don't remember what the purpose of it was, but they made all of the boys go up. Only the boys, because they're all sexist. And mm. they were like, you got to come up here and eat a whole can of raw spam Ooh. right in front of everybody. This is the f- okay, this is just, no, this didn't happen in your childhood. <laughs> this is a scene from Matilda. That's also, what happens no, at this Bible really camp. Happened. They make you there do was shit. Also, 
No, yeah, there was literally a time I remember when it was like, this I think actually was a school trip. I don't think this was at Bible camp, but there's another one where it was like a milkshake with live worms that all the students no! had dug up from the ground. <laughs> no! And did someone, was someone forced to eat this? Yeah, it was one of the teachers, I think. One time okay, when I, I was didn't... in fourth grade, um, our classroom got infested with ants because we all ate food in there and it like dropped on the ground. And then uh, we were all like, ew, gross, ants. And then this one kid started eating the ants, and he was singing one little, two little, three little ants. And then he laughed, and there was ants in his teeth. Okay, why did you guys all grow up in, like, some sort of ghoulish, like, fucking roll doll, like, goosebumps hybrid? What the fuck? That's why we understand each other so well. I guess we should play some D&D. introduce ourselves oh that hello i am cat and i am your dm and i was forced to eat spam as a child and it traumatized me hello um caitlin i play corbin and um my best friend sydney and i one time found a snake that had been run over on the side of the road and we traveled into the woods and um did a funeral for it uh hi everybody i'm hannah uh i play slake um and yeah i mean i have ghoulish childhood stories too i'm just repressing them <laughs> hello i'm noelle and i'm playing seeker Woo! i'm so excited me too i'm scared also and she is a character from from our patreon episodes but you don't have to listen mm-hmm. to those to like understand who she is obviously yes. yes but you will fall in love with her in this episode and you will want to listen to them are yeah. those are the first three of those up for free still? I, I think, think so. so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we never took them down, and I think we we'll, we can just leave them up for free. I'm good with that. But okay, so last time you Slake and Corbin arrived on the continent of Vola, and they were immediately framed for murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> you uh, after being framed for murder. And being thrown in jail, you were rescued by child detective Almanac Gray, who helped you crack the case and find the real killer and clear your names. And then you left the town of Nakama behind, which is a blessed relief. As soon as you are free of the city limits, Burger Jurger swoops down and lands on the horn of your saddle, Corbin. Uh, and she makes a disgusted noise and says, Ugh, you still smell like that place. That's a thing I cannot get used to about the world below. Everything here smells so bad. I know, it tastes great too, Burger Jugger. You should really try some of it sometime. Just like eat anything off the ground, honestly. <laughs> Corbin, you know that's all I ever eat is things off the ground. Yeah, aren't, aren't crows like scavengers? Don't you love the smell of like, you know, rotting things? 
I love the smell of rotting garbage and delicious cured aged in the sun meats. I do not love the smell of waste and poop, which is what that city smelled like. I'm glad we're leaving it behind. Did you guys have fun? Did you do anything neat? Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I mean, you know, there were some, some times, but ultimately, I mean, I'd go back. I think it was pretty cool. Same. I Great tourist destination. <laughs> and like, we met like the coolest child detective ever, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your horses take you out along a loosely paved road, which will carry you west and south closer to your destination. The paving stones are cracked and broken, and the further you get from the city, the more sparsely placed they are, until the road becomes nothing more than a sunken lane with frozen wagon ruts in the mud. You camp the first night in the shelter of a shallow cave, which was carved out ages ago to look like a yawning maw, at the back of which is a spring, and someone has etched directions into the cave wall. There are signs of other camps that have been set up here, and directions which tell you that back east is the city of Nakama where the beer is cheap and the rooms are expensive. To the southwest, there's a place called Sarval, and they have expensive beer, but cheap rooms. In another hand, carved more shallowly, is a line which reads, Do not woo the governor's maids. There is also a small supply of firewood that someone left behind, a pocketbook of very scandalous rhymes about the manor district escapades in Nakama, and a sealed envelope with another sheet of parchment wrapped around it. Corbin goes for that sealed envelope. The parchment around it reads, To whomever finds this, if you are heading south to Sarval, please do a stranger a kindness and deliver this to Miss Ruet in the Pace Manor House Kitchens. I leave this firewood and a stash of provisions in hopes that my advance payment will be enough to spur you to do an errand of kindness for a woman in love. What'd you find, Corbin? Oh, it's a gross love letter or something. Oh, can I- yeah, here, Slick, go, read it. Invade the privacy of this person. Uh, I mean, they left it here on purpose, right? Yeah, they, we're supposed to deliver it to some lady in the cheap room's expensive beer town. Oh, neat. I uh, I read the letter and uh, I say, oh, Corbin, we got to deliver this. This is so cool. There is a sealed letter underneath the parchment with the letter to you guys. Do you open up the letter? No. Corbin wants to really bad. Corbin. Okay, I'm gonna try to open it, but like really discreetly so that we can put it back together afterwards. Okay, you'll need to roll a sleight of hand check and also take it from Slake. Okay, do I have to roll anything to take it from Slake? I don't know. Slake, are you gonna fight Corbin? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna try and stop Corbin. Uh... Okay. I'm going to say, Corbin, we can't invade their privacy like that. Yeah, but I feel like God wants me to invade their privacy like that, so. <laughs> uh, first, we'll have to roll a strength contest to see if you can take it from Slake. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, Slake, if you if you want to lose this, you can throw it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I think? I think Slake. Uh, I think Slake wants to give the impression that they don't want to read the letter because it's morally wrong, but they they really want to know what's in the letter, and so like they like pretend to fight Corbin uh, to prevent Corbin from getting the letter, but they let Corbin do it. 
<laughs> Corbin Corbin rolled a 17. So Corbin like uses a lot of strength, but then like the letter just comes really easily. And I say, oh no, Corbin, you took the letter from me. I'm not responsible for your actions at this point. <laughs> Man, it's like you're really slipping, huh? Yeah, we're go- good. You do, yeah. I guess so. You really got me. <laughs> All right, roll sleight of hand to see how well you can uh, break the seal on this letter. Oh, that's a natural one. Oh. So I have critically <laughs> failed. I shred the letter into pieces. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you don't shred the letter, but you just fully, like, snap the seal. There is no yeah. way to repair it. Oops. Uh, you, Oops. like, tore the paper underneath the seal a bit, too, so there's just no way to repair this. It's <laughs> really obvious. It's pretty <laughs> Well, might as well read it now. What does it say, Kat? <laughs> it says... <clears throat> My dearest Joy, the depths of Mirror Lake could not reflect the deep sadness I feel to have left you so suddenly and without proper word. I hope my letter can soothe some of the sadness or rage which dwells in your breast after I made such promises of love, but then vanish without notice. The night after we swore our love, I was found in the lodging house by Governor Pace, who informed me that I had not paid for my rooms and that I was to either leave town or be run out. When I told them that I had, in fact, paid and begged that there must be some misunderstanding, he informed me that the rate for my room had doubled, and since I had not been there this afternoon to pay rent, I was being evicted. Lacking coin or kindness with which to pay this exorbitant fee, the governor's guards manhandled me out of the lodging house, stole my belongings, and ran me out of town. I promise that I will return soon. The governor stole the goods of my latest expedition, but a fellow adventurer gave me the name of a treasure hunter. Just returned to Nakama from the Temple of V, who is clever at securing funding, and I hope to gain employment from this Jean-Jacques. When I return to you, I will have enough coin not to be bullied by that pig in silk stockings. Then we shall do as we said, and I will take you to that homestead in the mountains, where we will make a life together. Yours always, Marigold. Oh, oh no. I uh... Well. Sucks to be this lady. Corin folds up the letter. <laughs> oh, we should still deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we we can tell her that uh the writer probably isn't going to have much luck getting uh, employment from John Jock either. All right. So, uh do you have anything you'd like to do at camp before we move to the next day? Hmm. Hmm. What's in the provisions, Kat? Uh, yes, you do find a sack with some crumbs and uh, an apple core, but it seems that somebody else took the provisions without delivering the letter. Some people's kids! <laughs> Corbin throws the sack and then picks it up because it's it's a sack and he can use that to put objects inside of <laughs> You do need those these days. <laughs> the one provision that was left was the Book of Scandalous Poetry. Ooh! Corbin wants to read the Book of Scandalous Poetry out loud over the campfire tonight. I fully did not make up any of these rhymes, so if you want to make up some scandalous rhymes... God. Wait. Wait, hold on. Right. Okay. Are you ready for, like, some sex poetry read in Corbin's voice? Great. Yes. I, okay. I just have been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Slick, are you ready? Let's dig into this. Oh my god. Okay. This one is <laughs> I Too Beneath Your Moon by 
Edna St. Vincent Millay, I too, beneath your moon, almighty sex, go forth at nightfall crying like a cat. Leaving the lofty tower, I labored at four birds to fowl and boys and girls to vex. Oh my gosh, Corbin, that's filthy. I know. This one is Desire by Langston Hughes. Desire to us <laughs> fantasy Langston was Hughes. like a <laughs> Desire to us was like a double death. So swift <laughs> dying of our mingled breath. Evaporation of an unknown strange perfume between us quickly in a naked room. <laughs> wow, I can't believe someone wrote these down. These are really good hustling. Makes me want to write a haiku or something. Well, Corbin's now got a new B-plot where he becomes... (laughs) An erotic poet. An erotic poet. (laughs) Corbin takes one level in Bard. Hell yeah! (laughs) Um, Alright, so Sarval is two days away, and I presume that you passed your travel time by Corbin torturing Slake, reading body poems. Yes, yes. I mean, I, uh, I think they're pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. We dice, we more, dissect more of them. the same. It's like being like, oh no, don't read more. <laughs> oh, don't read these. <laughs> uh, at one point, Corbin, Burger Jerger swoops from the sky and snatches the book out of your hand. Because these are not appropriate for children. I'm an adult. I'll be 18 in three months, Burger Jerger. You'll always be my baby. And uh, she she drops the book into your hands, Slake. And then <laughs> Slake, who's younger than <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I look around suspiciously and I pocket it. <laughs> Aww. So on the afternoon of the second day, the sunken road widens into a flat path, which winds through the woods until you reach the crest of a hill. The cold, frozen fields which surround the town sprawl out ahead of you. At the edge of the town, there is a beautiful manor house made of polished marble with gaudy columns and gilt windows. The rest of the town is just a modest collection of about a dozen buildings and outlying farms which you can pick out in the distance. Will you two both make a perception check? Oh, all right. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Unnatural 20. All right. I got a seven, no, 18. All right. You both easily see a pair of feet poking out of the hedgerow, which marks the border between the fields and the forest. Corbin points at them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hedgerow with feet. (laughs) When you say that, the feet disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Where did they go? Oh, my God. Corbin, what does it mean? Corbin walks directly into the hedgerow. <laughs> okay. Like, on top of where the the feet were? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> you step on a woman! listeners it's me i recorded this whole ad roll completely wrong and so now i'm just doing it again i feel like i do this every time um it's fine 
It's me. It's Caitlin. If you hear the dulcet tones of crunching, chewing, snapping in the background, it is uh, my beloved dog, Riot, who has been given a bully stick because he's gone. I've been sitting at the computer for like eight hours today. So he's gone crazy. He is. He's quite done with me. So I gave him his third bully stick of the day. Anyways, uh, today our sponsor is Hero Forge. If you don't know what Hero Forge is, they offer fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy races and thousands of parts to choose from. I my roommate plays with miniatures a lot, so I should probably tell them about Hero Forge. Um, Hero Forge's easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator right in your web browser. Hero Forge offers custom minis in a variety of materials, including plastic and metal. Hero Forge also offers downloadable model files for users who have a 3D printer available to them to create unique designs at home. Uh, pro tip, if you don't have a 3D printer in your house, I have been told by people that sometimes libraries have 3D printers. I don't know how accessible they are. If you just, like, went into a library and were like, hey, can I use the 3D printer that you may or may not have at this location? I'm not sure if they would just be like, absolutely, or, like, there's some kind of barrier of, like, membership i don't know but that could be an option for you if you're looking to 3d print things anyways hero forge is constantly expanding their catalog of customizable options adding new parts every week and major features like races and custom posing on a regular basis visit heroforge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week in addition for today only uh, they do have a Black Friday sale going on. Uh, it has been going on from November 19th to November 30th, which is the day that this episode is being posted. And for their Black Friday sale, they are offering $5 off of physical minis with the code EPICLOOT. That is E-P-I-C-L-O-O-T. And $3.99 stl i don't i don't know what that is but i'm sure it's very cool and you don't need a code for it in addition to hero forge we have an ad from our dames and dragons store to read today i am very excited i did not get to read an ad the last time that i did an episode and now i do get to read an ad i don't count the ones that are our sponsors that's just those are boring those are very predictable. Who knows what people are going to ask us to say in front of the whole world. I mean, it could be anything. So I'm I'm very excited. This particular ad is from Alenka. Thank you, Alenka. The desired time frame is somewhere close to December 5th. So I think that we've done amazing. Like, this is pretty much, this is as close as you can get unless it's next week. But I, we don't post next week, so I'm, I'm sorry. The message reads... Kate. Yes, you. The Kate who plays 
our beloved Bells, friend to my stoner elf, Phil? Please, God, let it be Phil. And Vigilante, Young Mustard. Great name. Love that. You might be hearing this late. You're not hearing it late. You're hearing it early, and you're welcome. But happy freaking birthday. Bonding with you over Pathfinder and podcasts has been awesome. Seriously, great friendship. A plus. Someday, when it's safe, we'll hang out IRL, and our characters will antagonize each other face to face. Have an awesome birthday. Happy birthday, cat. Kate. I called you Kat. I'm so sorry. There's a lot of K names in our friend group. One time Kat and I got into an actual physical emotional fight because I went by Kat in middle school and we had to decide what I was going to be called because Kat was like, you're not going by Kat in this high school while well, I'm going by Kat. It was like a whole thing. Anyways, Kate, happy birthday. I hope that you have a wonderful birthday. And um, check out this cool ad from Behold Her Now. I'm Lisa Chen, and I host Behold Her, a monthly podcast that shines a spotlight on women in the world of tabletop games. There are so many women to behold in this amazing hobby, and our experiences as female gamers are as diverse as we are as individuals. Through one-on-one interviews, audio essays, and panel discussions, all centered around a monthly theme, the guests on Behold Her share their unique stories as players, game masters, designers, artists, organizers, and so much more. Their words are inspiring, uplifting, and informative. Check out Behold Her Podcast wherever podcasts are found, or visit beholdherpodcast.com. Corbin, stop hurting the sentient shrubbery. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Oh. And she she crawls out the other side of the hedgerow. Corbin crawls after her or just walks through the hedgerow after her. And laying on the ground, staring up at you, you see a, like, middle-aged, young middle-aged-ish looking um, elf, high elf. And she has black hair and like goldish eyes and uh, goldish brown. And, <laughs> and she goes, Oh my. <laughs> oh. Well, what a coincidence that you would step directly onto my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a person. It's like it's not a it's not a hedgerow, it's a person. Oh, what a twist. I, I come That's over. That's wild. She has, she has like an elaborate updo with all her hair and like with braids and, and crystals and stuff. And there's like twigs sticking out of it. <laughs> I say, oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, can I help you up? And I, I extend a hand. Are you on the same side of the hedgerow as Oh, us? I assumed I followed you through the hedgerow. I'm assuming it's oh, not okay, that okay. difficult to move through the hedgerow. It is not. It is not. It's quite easy, in fact. Um, and... The woman looks at the house, the manor, and then ducks back into the hedgerow quickly. <laughs> are, are you in danger? Is that house threatening you? Threatening me, <laughs> says the hedgerow. 
<laughs> Are you threatening that house? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> come come now. Come into my hedgerow. <laughs> Corbin comes into the hedgerow. Again. I want to come in the hedgerow too. Okay, and then we all hunker down in a little circle inside, like, and it's, like, very magical, and there's, like, beautiful, like, green branches all around us and, like, light filtering through. Mm. Oh, my gosh, is this your house? No, I I will technically, maybe. I've been here for, hmm, I would say, perhaps uh, one hour to two days. I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh my god. Time passes strangely when you're my age. You know how it is. Yeah, I know exactly how that is. <laughs> I'm almost an adult. I'll be 18 in like a couple of months. <laughs> oh my, you're like a little baby. I pat you on the head. Oh. <laughs> uh. Now, who are you? Introduce yourselves to me. It's very strange that we should meet here right when I'm in the middle of, well. Uh, uh, uh. What are you in the middle of? Oh, you know, this and that. Tell what are you, me, what, what are is this? Names? What's this and that? What? Your names, please. Hello, what? Who are you? Oh, people call me the Seeker. What? What are you seeking? Uh, I'm seeking your names currently. Mm. Carmen looks at Slake. Uh, I say, um, I, I I'm Slake. Uh, it's, oh, hello, Slake. Oh, we're just gonna tell her our names. I don't know. I mean, she seems nice. She's hiding in a hedgerow. Slake, you seem nice too. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Corbin. Oh, Corbin. What a lovely name. You know, you remind me of someone. Who? <laughs> a really cool. A tiny, a small child. Ah! <laughs> Ah, but that's neither, neither here nor there. Slake, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't trust her. I don't know. I mean, I, Corbin, look at her, look at her cool hair and stuff. I, I think we should hang out Seeker, with her. Seeker, like, puts her hands around her head to, like, model her hair. Do you see my hair, Corbin? <laughs> yeah, you see my hair? Corbin points to his own hair, and it's, like... Oh, it's hair. Stringy. <laughs> it needs to be washed. <laughs> It's starting to grow out a little bit again. <laughs> Wonderful hair, I love it. Well, what brings you to this manor? Uh, oh, well, we uh, we have to deliver something to somebody who works here. Oh, I see. Okay, well, then I suppose we can part ways and we shall never see each other again. <laughs> no. It was so wonderful to meet you, though. No. Corbin points at the seeker. Well, what? I, I quite thought you wanted to go away. You don't even trust me in my hair. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I'm, you know, I'm looking for something, obviously. Why else would I be inside of this plant? What are you looking for? You know, I don't quite know. I I take Corbin aside and I say, Corbin, listen, I've read a lot of YA in my time. And I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that this lady is some sort of like chaotic fey entity. I mean, she says she's been alive for a really long time. She lives in this beautiful magical grove. 
while you're talking about this, um, Seeker is like unfolding. She has like this like this spyglass, but it like bends over into a periscope. It has like all these interlocking tubes, and she like sticks it up out of the the plant, and she's looking she's looking at the manor. And I say, if we keep hanging out with her, we're probably gonna have like a whimsical adventure, <laughs> and like you know, like witness all sorts of charming. Like magical digressions. So I say, no, 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 no. So Seeker, <laughs> I'm quite boring, I assure you. Corvin, Corvin puts a hand on Slake's shoulder and says, Slake, I haven't read many YA novels, <laughs> but in the past two days, I've read a lot of sex poems. <laughs> and Seeker laughs at that. <laughs> and I can tell you that she's an elf. And so elves live a long, long time. <laughs> and also, I have magic powers, and so do most of the people you know. It's like <laughs> you're already in a whimsical, magical fae adventure. Well, yeah, but Corbin- You have magical like- powers, says Seeker, and she's putting her like spyglass away in a hurry. Tell me more about that. Have you not met anybody with magical powers? Well, of course, I've met people with magical powers, but- you know, they're, they're strangely hard to come by and rather mm, unforthright about the powers that they may or may not have. So tell me, do you, do you tell many people about these powers of yours? Oh, yeah, it's not a secret at all. <laughs> Corbin oh. turns into a crow. <laughs> seeker, seeker turns away. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. What, you don't want to see it now? Did you turn into a crow? Is that what that fully yeah, work was about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> Corbin's very forthright. Uh, oh. I mean, well, not about other things, but like oh. the magic <laughs> stuff kind of wears that right on his sleeve. Um, Seeker like scoots towards you. She's like, she's like crouched down, but she's like still on her feet and she like doot, 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 towards you. <laughs> And she says, now tell me more about what he's not forthright about. Ah, no, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. I, I am here for a reason, and I must see that mission through, I suppose, to the very end. Now, if you'll go and deliver your letter, I will bid you adieu. And she starts to scoot away down the hedgerow, sticking up her spyglass to look up at the manor again. Oh, wait, we haven't even had a whimsical adventure yet. And we uh, shan't have one, my child. <laughs> Corbin trots after her as a crow and then climbs up her little body and nests in her hair. I uh, I follow after and I say, is, is what you're doing at the mansion a secret? Well, I've told you what it is, I suppose. So no, it's not a secret. Except to me, for I don't know what I'm looking for. Just, just some kind of... Just some kind of thing, I suppose. Just some kind of item, or some kind of artifact, or an, a treasure, or perhaps a, or perhaps a garbage. I don't know. <laughs> so you're a treasure hunter. Well, I mean, it depends on how you define treasure, I suppose. Oh, she's so vague and cryptic. I say to Corvin. <laughs> Corvin plucks a twig out of her hair and like throws it with his little crow body. <laughs> This is classic. Oh my god. Uh, um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so you're you're here for some sort of mysterious treasure, and you don't know what it is yet. 
And we're also... All right, well, look, if you're not going to leave me alone, would you perhaps like to help me? I I look really excited, and I and I nudge Crow Corbin, like... All right, well, the first step in our mission is for you to go inside the manor, and that's the first step. Hey, Seeker, can you roll me three perception checks? Yeah. Okay, so the first one was a 10. Okay. The second one, way over 20. Whoops. Okay. And the third one was, again, a 10, so she's not doing so hot. Okay. Um, so then you will get two out of the three. Uh, so here is what you have learned from your observation of the manor. Mm. Uh, there are guards patrolling continuously day and night with almost no gaps in their coverage. There's a shift change every hour, which provides a 60 second gap in their line of sight if you are coming from the east. You also saw that the governor was out in the gardens the other day, disguised like a guard. Scratching madly at the walls. Ew. He was scratching at the outside of the walls? Yeah, at the, there's a wall that goes around the manor. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a stone wall around the manor. And he's been scratching at the walls. He was just out there one day. And that's the only time you've seen him. Hmm. Kat, when you say scratching, are we talking like scratching, inspecting? Or are we talking manic scratching? We're talking more deliberate scratching. Okay. Okay. Like maybe scratching at... Like the seams and stuff, or maybe not. Maybe. Okay. Um. Okay. So when I when this, I say to go inside the manor, what do you guys do? Uh, I say, uh, okay. What are you gonna do? I'm going to inspect those walls over there. Oh, <laughs> uh, why is there something wrong with them? Corbin turns back into a human on top of my head. He is- yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I help pick what? Corbin up and remove him from the Seeker's head. She's like a high elf. Her body's probably made of adamantium or something. Truly, well, yeah, I, but we, what are you talking about? <laughs> Corbin, you don't want to be rude to fair folk, okay? They have all these weird customs and rules. I'm not a fair folk. It's just a high elf. I don't know about that, Corbin. <laughs> I read, Corbin, I've read... A lot of middle grade, okay? Here's what's going to happen. We're going to, like, <laughs> we're going to help this lady, right? And it's going to turn out that she is, like, like this immortal being that travels from place to place. And I don't know, like, probably helps, like, children with their problems. And, yeah. like, I bet she's got, like, a, I don't know, like, a cool magic cane with, like, a parrot head or something. And, like, but it's it's going to be great. We're going to form a lifelong bond. So just don't, don't mess this up for me. either. I think she's just a weird lady spying on somebody in a hedgerow. Cor- I, po- I, po- I, I point at Corbin. <laughs> mm. Cor- I, say, I look at Corbin and I say, Corbin, you're so naive. <laughs> <laughs> um, Corbin, Corbin looks at Seeker and like squints his little beady eyes and he says, if we go in that manner... What's in it for us? Will you tell us about your magical world? I thought you wanted to go into the manor. Yeah, but you want us <laughs> to go in too bad, and now I want something out of it. <laughs> Good thinking, Corbin. Fair folk, they love to make contracts and stuff, okay? this is Don't not- say it like that. You're reminding me of Dashing Dawson. <laughs> oh, you've met Dashing Dawson, have you? Oh, you've met, you've met Dashing. 
Dashing Dawson put me in his bag once. Okay. He <laughs> put a weird curse on my hand. He loves hand curses. How do you know Dawson? Oh, from my travels, of course. I don't know. My memory comes and goes. You know, I, I've i been traveling alone a long time, after all. Wait, can oh. I actually, wait, Kat, can I do a perception check to see You're if that was insight a insight check. Or insight. insight, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, the lie that she knows him from travels? That I forgot. Oh, nice. <laughs> or like, just all of it. Um, so that was an 18, cat. Do I know whether or not Seeker's lying? Uh, Seeker, why don't you roll deception okay. to see? I got an I know, one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Corbin, you are 100% okay. sure Seeker is lying. Uh, so how come you just lied about literally everything you just said? <laughs> I do, I, what? Oh no no no! Oh dear child! Oh no! Corbin <laughs> points it points at himself and says, um, "I." Uh, he pulls out the necklace of of Pavia and just like shows her that. Okay, <laughs> you don't know what this is. I mean, I. I suppose I know, but I, I mean, after all, I am a great admirer of Pavia, uh, but I. Don't see what that's supposed to tell me. Just means I'm good at knowing when people lie about shit. Okay. And then he looks directly at uh, you. Seeker rubs her forehead and she's like, Look, <laughs> go into the mansion or don't. <laughs> I do not care what you do. <laughs> Listen, I've got this all figured out. So this lady- I'm not going to bribe you to work with me after you de- demanded that I do so. What do you want? <laughs> I say to Corbin, Corbin, this is working perfectly. See, what's going on is this lady, she's probably like a forest spirit who's like tied to this grove. And the reason spirit. she can't remember- <laughs> The reason she can't remember stuff is because- like her true form is like a tree or something. And like she's only recently become human because she's no longer attached to her, her elemental home. And we're gonna go Slay. into this mansion and we're gonna find like a magic seed or something and we'll Slay. plant it here. And then she'll be three and she's gonna thank us. Uh, probably with, like all sorts of cool stuff. So oh she's God, just a weird can... lady who's lying about stuff and she has secrets. I'm yeah. gonna cast calm emotions. <laughs> Okay, so you guys need to make charisma saving throws. <laughs> oh, God, okay. All right, let's see. Uh, charisma. That's a, yeah. that's a 15. Oh, yeah, I got like nine. <laughs> okay, well, um, Seeker is also trying to calm herself. So we all become calm. <laughs> and Seeker says, now. <laughs> I'm going to go look at that wall. Corbin points at Seeker and very calmly says, Did you just use magic on us? Yes. <laughs> I look at Corbin and I say, I don't say anything. I just look at Corbin like, I give Corbin a, lo- a knowing look. <laughs> I wish we could just take an image of Hannah's face and superimpose it somehow <laughs> onto that part of the podcast. It's really good. <laughs> it was a very and good. I say, 
you'd like to get into the, the manor without the guards stopping you, they change shifts every so often and they have a 60 second window in which you can sneak in from the east. Now, if you would like to do that, go ahead. Okay, where should we meet up afterward? Yeah. Back here. I, I give Seeker finger guns and I say, sounds good. Corbin points at you and says, if you're not here when we get back, I'll find you. Mm, I'm sure you'll try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Corbin casts Pass Without Trace on only him and Slake. Damn it. <laughs> Alright, uh, so the manor, as you've been able to observe it, there are two guards at the gated entrance, uh, and a high stone wall surrounds the gardens, with wrought iron spikes affixed to the top. On the other side of the wall, guards patrol with big, scary-looking dogs on leads. The dogs sniff at the ground and will alert the guards any time they hear any so much as the smallest noise. Your opening comes at sundown, around seven o'clock. And you watch as two guards pass by one another, nod at each other, and then continue in opposite directions toward the shift change. And there is a gap in the coverage. How do you want to proceed? Do you want to be a crow or anything? Or um, Actually, you know, that's a good idea. Maybe I will be a crow. Because I've already cast Pass Without Trace on us. So yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn into a crow and then just kind of fly overhead and observe Slake sneaking through. Yeah. All right. Kat, how far is the manor from the hedgerow, like where I am right now? <clears throat> we'll say that you are about 60 feet away in the hedgerow from the wall. And then the wall is another, like, 40 feet to the house. So you're about 100 feet from the house. Oh, okay. Um, and so, Corbin, you're going to fly over the wall as a crow? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Um, hey, Corbin and Slake, what is your passive perception? Mm. Uh, mine is 15. Okay. Mm, I yeah. guess 13. Okay, well, neither of you spot this with your passive perception then. Uh, Corbin, as you are flying over the wall, you feel sort of a snap inside you. And then you are a boy and you fall. Mm. Seeker is watching this happen and she's like, oh, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> how, how high up were you flying? Probably not super high up, like, high enough to clear the wall, obviously, but, like... So probably would say, like, if, if it's a, you know, it's about a 15-foot wall, we'll say it's uh, probably 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Right, right. So let's see how bad this hurts. That is going to be a lucky four fall damage. Oh. As you, uh, you fall, and then... You feel the ground underneath you crunch. And will you please make a dexterity check? <clears throat> Good lord. Crunch. 13. Oh, that is not going to do it. Munch, munch, uh, you crunch, do not crunch. move out of the way in time, and the thin veneer of twigs and leaves over the pit trap <laughs> snaps, and you fall into a pit of spikes. <laughs> spikes? Yep. Spikes. We'll call that. Oh, that am one's I... gonna hurt a little bit more, and that will do a nice eight damage. Am I like impaled? 
You don't get fully impaled, but you get hurt. Ah! <laughs> and the guards are alerted by your screams. Um, you will now make all your stealth rolls at disadvantage. <laughs> well, do the guards see Corbin in the pit? Yeah, like, did they see a human boy fall from the sky? <laughs> they weren't watching, but now they have heard you and you hear footsteps running your way, Corbin. What do you do? And so we've just seen Corbin turn into a boy, fall out of the sky, and then scream is what yep. we've seen. Uh, okay, so I'm going to try to climb out of the pit then. Okay. Uh, I want to stick my little head up first to see, like, is anybody coming directly to my location? Like, Sure. Why don't you roll perception? 22. 22. Okay. Uh, you see that there is a guard who has turned around and is running towards you, uh, and a dog that has been let off of its leash that is running towards you with bared teeth. And I'm assuming that I cannot use my magic. Is that correct? No, you, ha- you triggered an okay. anti-magic sigil. Uh, I'm going to try to animal handle this dog. Nice. Okay. 24. Yeah, you are able to keep the dog at bay. Uh, it is not friendly towards you, though. Um, but the man is still coming. He also sees me, correct? Yes, he sees okay. you. And the dog is growling and uh, blocking your way out of the pit. Okay. Um, it seems like it's not going to attack you, but it will not allow you to get it. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna hold me in position. Okay, Okay. so um, can Seeker climb up the wall? Yes, please make an athletics check. Okay. Yeah, I was planning on also kind of trying to peek over to see what's happening. Oh, I got a natural 20. Nice. I thought I can spear it up this wall. (laughs) Yeah, you look like a true, truly a fey creature skithering (laughs) up this wall. As fey creatures are known to do. The guard points his sword at you, Corbin. He says, what are you doing? So I was just flying around the city. I'm not, you know, I wasn't trying to do nothing. Can I go? I was just... All right. Come on, son. He uh, reaches out a hand to you and he... Gets the dog back. He says, this is not a safe place to be. Just damn kids keep trying to sneak in here. Come on, I'm, let's go. I'm so sorry. What's, uh, what? Why are they trying to get in? What's so dangerous about it? I'm not at liberty to say. I'm being paid too much to break my employer's confidentiality agreement. So oh. come on. Just know oh, wow. that this is not a place for kids to be messing around. Okay, well, thank you, sir. I'm so sorry for all the trouble I caused. And uh, he escorts you to the gate, and the other guards give you a couple looks, like, oh, look at this kid. And the guy just shakes his head and says, dumb kids. And uh, <laughs> he ushers you out the front gate, which swings shut behind you. Uh, Corbin runs around and, and climbs through the hedgerow again. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth happened to you? Oh, it has a glyph on the wall that took my magic away. Oh. Scratched in, I suppose. Yeah, it kind of looked like it. So if we look at the wall, do any of, like, the stones in it look loose? Like, we could push one out? Uh, make me a perception check. Uh, I got, like, 23. Nice. Okay. Uh, yes, Seeker, with your many observations, mm-hmm. you are able to see there is a spot on the south behind the orchards mm-hmm. of the manor where it looks like the wall is a little more tumbled down. Mm. Um, and so if we were going to come in from the south, would the that other glyph be affecting us? 
The one that has been activated would not affect you, no. Okay. And um, how many guards are on the south side of the house? There are, at any given point, there are two guards patrolling on each side of the house, except for that brief 60-second window, mm-hmm. which you have now squandered. So I, I, Seeker, Seeker pulls Corbin and Slake um, into back into the, the hedgerow, her home, and she kind of like tests out magic, um, trying to cast things and like moving around until she finds the edge of where this glyph is affecting. And then she casts a little fire in her hand and says, ah, <laughs> it seems you've, you've triggered a trap, my boy. I suppose I should have detected the traps. You know me, I, uh, I don't know why I didn't, you know, I, I've lost my mind. You, uh, wait, you have detect traps and you didn't use them? You know, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm a very silly person. You know, it reminds me of a friend I once had, actually. I, uh, her, her. What was her name? Dolores or something? Anyway, she said, Seeker, you've gone quite mad, I think. You're you're as batty as a flying rat, Seeker. And, (laughs) and, you know, she she was my traveling companion. And then I woke up and I was quite alone. (laughs) She wasn't there at all. Anyway. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, we'll we'll have to come up with another plan. I I should think. I'm so glad that we're all we've all decided to work together. <laughs> what? She's so Cor- whimsical. <laughs> She's insane. Corbin, that that's just a charming eccentricity. Okay, it's. I'm sure it's fine. I think what we need to do, I've detected that there's a there's a weak part in the wall on the south side. So what we need to do is make a diversion in the front half, uh, in the north side of the house. And then we'll go in the south side and we'll sneak in like little mice. I'm beginning to feel like I'm the sanest person in this party right now. And that's a problem for me. <laughs> Now, do either of you have any ways that we can draw them out into the north side of the house? Uh, Corbin raises his hand. Yes, you, Corbin. Oh, I have some. I have some ways. I have many, multiple ways. Okay. So do one of them, and then let's go. Okay. Um, I need to be within sixty feet of the uh distraction point. Okay, so maybe maybe Seeker and and Slake will go ahead to the um, south side where there's a weakness yeah. in the fence, right? And so the the north side is where the uh, the gate is. So you will be causing your distraction outside the gate. There are two guards standing out front uh, who eye you as you approach again, Corbin. Do you sneak? Do you sneak? Oh, up? I sneak. No, I'm not gonna like let them see me come. Okay, you, are you still in the hedgerow? Yeah, I would sneak up through the hedgerow. All right, think. give me a stealth. Okay. That was a pretty decent roll. I got 18. 18? All right, you're good. They do not see you. Dope. What do you do, Corbin? So, okay, this is cat. This is real. Okay. I can do this. I've just looked it up. <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm, I'm afraid. What's up? What are you about I, to do? I summon an Allosaurus outside of the what? 
As in like an Ollie font? And no, it's um basically like a T-Rex. <laughs> I will let you do this, Corbin. If you tell me how Corbin knows what that is. I probably I probably studied it like in a book in on Esther when I was learning to become uh, a little druid and it was like you will never be able to summon this creature from the depths of existence. I'm, I'm not imagining it, Corbin reading a book. I'm imagining crows chasing you with ripped out pages of books being like, you yeah. have to study! <laughs> it, that is actually more accurate. It would mostly be like, they probably like lured me along a path and then the pages were like laid out and I saw it <laughs> as I was like s- grabbing snacks <laughs> along the way. Little Reese's Pieces. Okay, all right. Well, I... I, for the record, I hate this, but I can't stop you. <laughs> it is official D and D rules. All right, all right. So I, I summon Corbin summons a giant Allosaurus outside of the gates. Um, and by giant, I just mean like a regular sized Allosaurus, which is giant by most animal standards. It's uh, large. It is um, Tyrannosaurus in shape though not in size and it is um green green <laughs> just like solid green, green. does it have feathers or are we going by jurassic park rules of so dinosaurs? because it's because there's official pictures for it in the D like handbook um it is just a classic J- jurassic park type dinosaur okay situation all right well the guards freak out <laughs> um <laughs> and they start yelling about uh, is it a dragon? Because they've never seen a dragon. This looks like it might be a dragon. All right, come on back around. We're going to wait for you because right. we don't want to summon the glyph before you get here. Okay, Corbin Corbin it. runs back around. All right. Uh, you have successfully lured away the guards who are now trying to fight off this dinosaur. Well, and I will say the dinosaur won't attack anybody. It will defend itself. Oh, so, yeah, like, they are attacking it's it. Okay, they are so, attacking it. Okay, then yes, it is It is also now trying to attack them, but that's on them because it would not that's have hurt on them. them. If they had <laughs> yeah, that's on them. That's on them. <laughs> so well. then we're going to start climbing over the wall. Um, and I would cool. assume, I think when we get, when, I, when Seeker gets to the top of the wall, she's going to look around for the nearest glyph scratched in. Uh, it is not too far from where you are, Seeker. And actually, will you please make an athletics check? See see how good you climb wall. Oh, I did really well. I got, like, over 20. Should we all? Yeah, everybody make athletics checks. That's 22. Okay. I got 19. Okay, you all easily scale this wall. And, uh, Seeker, you're looking around for the nearest glyph. There is one 10 feet from you. You see that they are all chained together. Um, in a, a, like an ancient form of writing that you've you've really never seen this on mortal edifices. Like this looks like it looks like the writing of the gods. Okay, so I'm going to shimmy on over there and try to scratch off part of it with my mace. Okay. Um, will you please roll me an Arcana check? Arcana. I got a 13. A 13. All right. Um, I'll, I'll say a 13 is good enough. 
Uh, all right. So yes, with a 13, you are able to identify what piece you need to break in the chain. And uh, you feel an electric shock go up your arm. Yeah. And you are going to take with a 13. That is not enough to resist that damage. You will take a nice little four damage. Four damages. All right. Um, but I've done it. And I don't see any other um, glyphs close enough for us to to set, set off. Yeah, you do not. No. All right. So uh, next then is the pit trap that you have to deal with. Uh, so then, now that I've dealt with the glyph, I say, um, well, I, that takes care of that, and now, and then her eyes, like, go cloudy and white, and she casts fine traps. All right, you see that there is a, uh, pit trap in front of you, it is five feet across, um, and you don't see any other traps. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So I, I jump to the other side, and I say, avoid the trap. My friends. And I point to where it is. Cool. <laughs> you guys all can easily jump five feet. That cool. is within your movement. Okay. What, what do we have on this side of the house? Is there a way in? There are windows, doors? What's uh, you do not see any way in on this side of the house. Uh, now that you are closer to the house, you can see that the windows have all been boarded up from the inside. Oh. Um, cat. At this point, I do cast uh, Pass Without Trace on everybody. Got it. Um, you also do see there is a door it uh, looks like might lead to the kitchens over here. Mm. Um, but when you try it, it is locked from the inside. Uh, with It feels like there must be a crossbar or something. Oh my goodness. It would be wonderful if we had someone who had some kind of unlocking capabilities. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Uh what kind, of, what kind of door, what's the door made out of, Cat? It is a, a iron, a wrought iron door. Okay. Cat, um, yeah. could I do a perception check to see if uh, there's any other kind of uh, way into the house that I might yeah, go ahead. see? Okay. Oh, that's not bad. So that is going to be uh, 19. 19. So Slake. You stealthily move around the edge of the house looking for another way in, and you peek around the corner and see on the western side of the house there is an open cellar door where the guards are hurrying out one after another going to deal with this uh, Allosaurus, which is still there. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll gesture the others over and uh and point out the uh the open door to them and and, uh as we're watching it is there any like uh do they eventually all you know kind of are they just infinitely streaming out or do i notice (laughs) a you know a stopping Um, yes Uh, after you wait hold on let me just do one more roll to see how much damage they do to the allosaurus they did not do very much that time okay um okay so they are still fighting the Allosaurus, and it looks like all of the guards have left the guard room that is in the basement. So you are able to sneak in. Kick it. All right. Fuck, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, Let's wonderful. I, I pat Slake's little shoulder and I say, good work, my, my friend. Oh, th- thank you. Corbin pats 
Corbin also pats Slake's shoulder. Hell yeah. And he's like, good work, my friend. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very happy. <laughs> Lie prone hey, in a pit. Hey, try it. Crime. <laughs> try. Go. Hey. Go handle your hey. own dog. <laughs> mm.